0: Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 45 of Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm so excited today to have an interview with Sharon Aldegar. She is a programmer, designer, project ninja, entrepreneur, bodybuilder, and trainer with a big heart. And she shares about how discovering that she had a brain tumor and the subsequent surgery to remove it led her to reprioritize her whole life and live out her bucket list, including a move to Hawaii. I can't wait to share what she has to say because it's truly an inspiring and joyful journey. I'm just so glad to know her and to get to share her story with you guys. Before we get to the interview, a welcome. If you are new, I'm so glad that you are here. Last week, episode 44 was all about overwhelm. And guys, it was, it was the reception was amazing. It was the second most listened to episode ever right behind good old Danny Wood of New Kids on the Block. So what an honor. And thanks for listening. If you like what you hear and you want to subscribe, Jumpstart Your Joy is on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and also now on TuneIn Radio at TuneIn.com. So head on over, subscribe, leave a positive review and rating, and thank you in advance. If you want to grab the show notes for this particular episode and get any of the links on how to reach out to Sharon or some of the other things that we talk about you can head to the website as well. It's at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 45. One exciting announcement is that tomorrow on July 6th, 2016 at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard, I'm going to be hosting a workshop slash webinar, and it's eight great reasons to start a podcast and grow your service-based business or blog. So I'm going to talk about some of the amazing things that I have seen happen in my own business and life in starting a podcast that has to do with connections and learning new things. And I'm just going to share some of the insights and why a podcast might be a great fit for you. So if you want to sign up and RSVP for that, just you can get on the list at jumpstartyourjoy.com. There'll be a big banner right there on the homepage for you to click. And I can't wait to see you in the workshop. Now, on to the interview with Sharon. Sharon and I met back, oh, many years ago when we both worked in an advertising agency. And she was in finance, and I was a project manager, and in reconnecting recently, we both have just marveled at how much has changed and how happy we both are in our new roles and basically our new lives. So I can't wait for you to hear from Sharon. I'm just going to jump right on into it and let her share her story. So now, without further ado, the interview with Sharon.
1: So glad you're here,
0: Sharon. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yay! So why don't we kick it off with the first couple questions and then Of course, we've had all of this exciting conversation before we officially hit, you know, record. (laughs) I'm excited to jump back into that. So would you like to tell us a little bit about what your early sparks of joy are and what you loved as a kiddo?
1: Okay, so that's funny because I'm from a huge family. And granted, I only had like two sisters. Because we're such from a large family, you don't have just those siblings. You end up having a whole tribe of siblings. <laughs> and that's what I had. And I would say my fondest memory would be, uh, and one of my sparks of joy was being a kid and we would go out and go cherry picking in California hang out with my friends. And it was just that togetherness, you know, that I was truly happy about. And also, you know, I had male cousins too and had so much energy and they would climb up those trees and get the cherries and then throw it at us at such alarming (laughs) speed that it hurt. (laughs) But it, it was just hilarious. So that's one of my sparks of joy. I would say my sisters are too. So we have an interesting dynamic. I have an older sister who is one year older and I have a younger sister who is about four years younger. And with the older sister, you know, a little bit more serious, you know, it has great advice, blah, blah, blah. But my younger sister, she's the more crazy, fun one. So I had... Great moments where we're like, Sherry's, you know, my old sister, Sherry, Sherry's too serious to learn how to laugh. So we would hide under our beds and grab her leg when she least expects it. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, like sneak into the bathroom while she's taking a shower and dump like a cold bucket of water on top of her head. (laughs) Because she was so serious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I was probably
0: the older serious sister sometimes, at least.
1: (laughs) We try to shake it up, you know. We're like, life is too short; she needs to laugh a little bit, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that would be another spark of joy. School, amazingly, school was a spark as well because my friends were there. I had just so many things to learn. I mean, coming from where I am now, I can see where that's coming from. I love to learn things around me. I love, I, I love to know how things operate, what makes people tick, and being in school and watching other kids how they are in the playground versus the classroom i mean i didn't know it then because you know when you're a kid you don't really pay attention to that stuff but i can see now why i loved school so much it's because of all the interactions and what you're learning those i guess would be the top three yeah <laughs> i love it yeah yeah <laughs> I love the visualization of you and your sister. Oh, like it was, there's <laughs> was so much. So there was a time once when my older sister, I can't remember what she had done, but we played a prank on her and we made a ham sandwich and we stuck in the back of her closet. And my mom was convinced that there was a rat in the house. I'm sure there wasn't one at that point because it was really bad. Okay. <laughs> and poor Sherry, you know, her clothes. Ugh. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, that, but that's really that is
0: kind of funny. Yeah. I think we once uh, for bad smell under the category of bad smells and houses, <laughs> which has never come up before on the podcast.
1: for <laughs> <Awesome>. everything, <But, laughs> yeah.
0: I remember one time we used to hide real Easter eggs at Easter, oh. and you know, real eggs, and inevitably one would get lost. And I think one time. Like we found it in the corner of a curtain, but by the time we found it, like the whole living room was so stinky that.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I yeah. Imagine. I knew that was going to happen someday. I figured, come Easter, you know, we never used real eggs. And in my head, I'm like, why would anyone use real eggs? Those could get lost, you know, and this is why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we found it, and it was stinky,
0: and I'm proof that, yes, these things happen in fairly regular, normal families. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about
1: where you are and what you do now? Sure. So I'm in Honolulu. I've lived here for about two years, and from San Francisco, doing something completely different two years ago. Came here to Honolulu um, because of what had gone. What I had gone through it was on my bucket list. Um, and what I'm doing now, it's completely different than what I was doing in San Francisco. I was in finance and accounting, and now I'm in IT and building websites and doing all sorts of creative collateral for marketing. I went to college for art, so it is a little bit more intuitive now. So yeah, that's basically what I'm doing. So, do you want to explain or
0: share a little bit about kind of what happened in between San Francisco and
1: and your arrival in Honolulu? Because I think there's so much to learn right there. So, what happened in San Francisco? Basically, was a surprise, completely out of the blue. I found out I had a brain tumor, and that's what this was about five years ago. And I definitely didn't think that I would be a candidate for that because I was eating organic, you know, living a very healthy lifestyle, bodybuilding, just being very health conscious. I got sick one time and it was dropped about a week later that they found a mess in my brain and I had two weeks to figure things out. And then comes the operation where I only had a certain percentage of survival because it was a 16-hour surgery. So, wow. yeah. So, at that point, I figured, okay, I, if I survive the surgery, I'll go ahead and live my bucket list. And that's basically what I did. I mean, Hawaii is, was, not anymore, but <laughs> it, was, it was on my bucket list. And I survived. And I was in intensive care for about a couple of days before they released me because what they had mentioned was that my health was in an optimum level that it didn't make any sense for me to stay in intensive care for X amount of days that's customary to what I had gone through. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, whenever I am training someone or talking to someone about their fitness goals, I always tell them, you know, losing weight is one of the reasons why you're doing this fantastic. But when you feel, you don't feel motivated and you will get days like those because I definitely get days like those. Everyone does. Just remember that your health, I mean, you should always be a priority and your health should be a priority because then you can't. If, if it's not, you'll never be able to help those around you. I mean, what I do for me, the whole bodybuilding thing, I think about my mom, about my sisters, about my niece, nephews and think If they ever need help, in any way how will I be able to help them if I can't help myself and if I'm not in the best health how can I help them you know what I mean right. so that to me is a huge motivator so anyway that's the whole brain tumor thing so that's basically what happened I had gone through that it's funny though because day of the surgery I thought okay great I'm gonna live my bucket list look up a surgeon and I'm like okay what do you listen to when you're like doing your thing and I hear Aretha Franklin I'm like this is cool he listens to Aretha you know wow and he says, heavy oh, metal. I'm like, what? And then I go under. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Could you hear the music or was it just like no, he could? I didn't hear the music. He definitely okay. said it. And then I had, and that's when my, you know, anesthesia kicked in. Um, and I thought, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what did, just say? did he just say? Did he say that? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, you. it's interesting. So from the brain tumor, you know, I... Had to learn, relearn how to walk, which it took only a few hours to learn, but who knew? I mean, life is so funny. You never know what's going to get thrown at you, and you never know what's inside you until you're forced to see. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, not being able to walk, that's not an option for me. I'm going to have to just get up and just force myself. Even though it's really hard, I'm just going to have to do it. Recovery, oh, yeah, also I, I got face paralysis because what happened was that the tumor was so huge is that my nerves and facial nerves started wrapping around it when I was, so I developed the tumor when I was about 12 and it's been growing ever since. And my facial nerves just wrapped around it. And my doctor said that there was no way around it. They have to cut the nerves in order to take out a tumor. So from them doing that, i developed face paralysis but they had fixed it about a month later they gave me facial reconstruction they connected my nerves to my tongue nerve in my neck so I had to sacrifice some tongue movement so now I'm forced to eat really slow and in very tiny bites but my face is fully getting there and I'm alive so yeah. It's something. yeah yeah there's so much there I mean I can't
0: imagine being placed in the position of learning to walk again. Like that's, a, that's amazing. And I love what you said about, you never know what's inside of you until you see like, yeah. wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. You know what? And, and you know, I get people, friends tell me, okay, it's inspiring. It's great. And it is, you know, from the outside. But when I think of it coming from where I am, it's just, you know, you know, is not acceptable and you just move towards what you want to happen. What I mean, -hmm. Not being able to walk was not an option. Feeling sorry for myself was not an option, you know? Depression, luckily, you know, I, well, I was that for a little bit and then I snapped out of it because, hey, you know, I survived this whole thing. I mean, why would I completely stay home and be depressed and I can just be out there and participate in life and not isolate myself? I, can't, I get that of
0: the thing about things are just not acceptable and so you have to keep moving toward what feels right and what you know you want for yourself, even if that means it's hard. Yeah. Wow. I
1: yeah, know. It's pretty crazy. It's yeah. a blessing too. Back then I wouldn't have said that, but now living here in Hawaii and doing something completely different in finance, working with great people, I can truly say it's a blessing because if it hadn't happened, I don't think my life now would exist. It'd be a completely different life, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well,
0: and I love that there was the promise, kind of, to yourself that as you were going into surgery, you're like, "If if, you know, if I make it, I'm going to start living my bucket list." Like, (laughs) how soon after you had gotten out of recovery were you looking to move to Hawaii, or Uh, how did that move uh, happen?
1: Okay, so that took about a year. So you know, I needed a year to heal. To make sure things were physically okay. And then I went to Hawaii to visit my cousin. And I thought, I could definitely live here. And then I went to Austin to visit Brooke. And I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, well, great. I can live here too. So I would need to figure out which place I would want to, which would feel more natural. I thought, well, Austin was not on my budget list, but Hawaii is. So Mm -hmm. I'll go for Hawaii. And it took about a year and a half, but once that decision was made, I was on action mode and sold all all my stuff within like a month. And yeah, within two years, I was already, I was out of San Francisco and here in Honolulu. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so exciting. It was a pretty fast move. Yeah. But I was really motivated. I'm like, you know, I I need to go. I need to go. Something's telling me I need to go. I need to go. (laughs) Well, and so
0: for listeners, we know each other, Sharon and I, from having worked together at an ad agency where we were both in very different roles than what we do now. And so part of the fun of realizing that our stories have both become around now, we do work with with healing other people and, and kind of, you know, the spiritual side of things. So I was a project manager and Sharon was in finance. And I loved what we were saying before we hit even the official record button, around how you moved out of finance and what you found on the other side. Do you want to talk about
1: Uh, that? Absolutely. It's interesting. So I don't know how I got into finance, but I got into finance. And I was good at it. And, you know, I was climbing the ladder, going from one agency to another, working on finance. And there's something to be said about that. I mean, there's always a job in that. Yield pay is really great, but it slowly just started eating away at my soul, and it felt completely different than who I was. I mean, I'm sure probably you remember how I used to be like, (laughs) 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 and how I am now is completely different, completely like worlds apart. And that there's something to be said about finding your calling, you know, being authentic to that calling, and you know, and authentic to you. And going after it because the whole finance thing—it it was a nightmare. It was—it it definitely worked on putting a roof over my head and paying the bills, but it definitely didn't help my soul grow. Unfortunately, so I got out of that when I decided to move here to Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, I—I I, I think I, I don't see myself going back into finance unless I really, really needed to. But otherwise, I would rather, I I mean, now I'm in computers and, you know, information technology, I'm learning languages. And I love it. I completely love it. I mean, I didn't think I would, but I do. I completely love geeking out on stuff like that. (laughs) And if there's a -a hackathon, I'm like, there. I'm like, okay, who's the hack who? What's going on? You know? I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I didn't think I would enjoy it so much, but I do. That's the back end story behind finance and what I used to do. And now what I'm doing is completely different, like I said, but I'm completely happy. There's, I mean, I knew going into that, into the new role would require a huge pay cut. And that to me was scary because your income, it's income. (laughs) And I've always lived my life on income. You know, how much more can I make per year? And at that point, I'm like, you know what? It didn't work for me then. It's not going to work for me now. And I decided, you know, I have to figure out what my calling is and go after that, go after what I'm truly happy about. It really feels natural and everything else is going to follow. I just know it, you know, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to worry about income and just go. And, It's working. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel very fortunate. I don't know how, but it's working.
0: Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because I found, I mean, both both the piece of like, we came from such a structured place, even for being an ad agency. And it was a very special team. So Liz Ross, who was our president at that place, is also one of the episodes. So check out the show notes for that. But it was a very special place with special people, but it was so structured and so high pressure because everything was based on us fulfilling things for clients that were not under our control at all. And so it got... Yeah, it was a tough environment to be in. And I think, yeah. we, I, I mean, I know I felt the pressure and worked hours.
1: <laughs> I have not worked since. Yeah. And um, after, I mean, I don't know if it was the same for you, but after a while, I, 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 I questioned myself. I'm like, is this something that I truly believe in towards yeah. the end? Yeah, that totally came up
0: for me. I mean, that was one of the things, not that we were doing anything like business, like morally questionable in a business sense, but okay. just integrity wise, I often questioned, like, you know, I'm selling bleach to people during the day and then going on retreats on the weekend and leading those retreats and saying, don't listen
1: to messaging. You're here at other places. And I'm like, what? What is this? What am I doing? Yeah, no, there was, no, you're absolutely right. There was a point where I had gone through the same thing and then I thought, what am I doing? You know, I need to flip this around. Yeah, And I'm glad I did. I mean, I can honestly say, Paula, that for the first time ever, I don't even feel like I'm going to work. I feel like I'm doing my hobby, and I'm loving it so much. Like, I'm loving it so much, I don't mind doing it seven days a week, 24 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and it's so good to be in that space. I mean, I have the same thing and have to, like, I'm I'm sure you also maintain boundaries, but, like, it's the flip side. Like, now I have to kind of maintain that, like, oh, i got to turn this stuff off and do something else, but not because I'm feeling, like, Oh, the client's waiting or
1: exactly, exactly.
0: or my job's on the line or whatever those external pressures are. It's more about like, oh, yeah, I've been at this for like 12 hours. I better
1: stop. Exactly. That's the same thing for me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's been 12 hours. And, you know, I have a list of things that I want to research. And, I, you know, I, I, I think to myself, I better stop, you know. I'm seeing someone right now and he's actually brought it up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that person who's always working, (laughs) you know, and the other person's complaining that so-and-so is always working. So, yeah, you have to draw certain boundaries because, you know, if you love what you're doing, it's really hard to just stop. (laughs) so hard. It is
0: hard. Yeah. Yeah. What kinds of things have you started to put into place? I know you also have continued bodybuilding, which I'm so excited about. And what kinds of things have you put into place that are like around self-care? And I don't know if you have any advice for people who are either trying to become more fit or just would like to put a little more self-care in their daily routine. Right.
1: So I would say if you're trying to reach a fitness goal and you're not motivated or getting frustrated what really helps for me is finding a reason that's more than you that's bigger than you and being honest with whatever motivate whatever that is so for instance, for me, my family, you know my niece and nephew they are my giant motivators when I, Think about, oh, goodness, I really don't want to go lifting today. I don't really want to run. I want to eat this giant plate of mac and cheese. And I do sometimes, but I don't do it all the time. But when I get to that point where I just don't feel like doing something, I always think, okay, well, I need to stay healthy because these guys are relying on me. I mean, how can I be of any help to them, right? Also, having had, undergone that surgery and being released two days after, and mind you, I had a hole in my head. I still have a hole in my head. Bone growth is slowly it's slowly happening, but you know, there's no way around it. But what they said, the doctors and surgeons said is, you know, health your health is an optimum level that you can leave. You don't have any health risks. So what I tell people is make your health a priority. It doesn't even matter how you look. I mean forget those magazines where they have people with great bodies and All that takes work, and sometimes getting there is so unreal. It's doable, but their diet, and it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. But forget about how they look and forget about what everyone is saying and just do it because you want to stay healthy and you want to, like I said, have a bigger motivation than just losing weight. I guess if that makes sense. It's really hard to explain. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah, because yeah, I think it's easy if you're just narrowly
0: focused on I want to be oh. thin or I want to look like somebody else. Like if you're not doing it for a reason that's internally motivated, yeah, I could see why it's just then it's easy to let go of. I mean, even yeah. having lost some weight, you know, across my life, like
1: yeah, yeah,
0: it's harder that way.
1: Yeah, and yeah, it's not you. I mean, you know, I have friends who are pretty tough on themselves and say no. I want to do this in X amount of time and it's not happening and I don't know why it's not happening, blah, blah, blah. And I tell them, you know, you can't be too tough on yourself. It's Everyone's different. Everyone's metabolism is different. Just get to the point where you are healthy and what you do outside of that, you do extra, it'll count, but just get to that point where you are healthy and you're happy that you're at a happy you know, you're a happy spot. So they get there and sometimes they stay, stay there and sometimes they go for more. But yeah, just, just get to a happy, healthy place. That's all. I think I, I think that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I like that too. In that it's not that there's like an ideal body, but that it's huh. independent for, in, what am I trying to say? It's different for each yeah. person. That uh-huh. like, it's going to be something that you kind of figure out on your own and know what you're going after. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And so are you actively, are you training people now? Or are you taking clients as a trainer?
1: Right now, no, I'm not because there's my business that I'm trying to have more activity in. And then there's the startup that I just joined. So my bandwidth is pretty thin right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also I wanted to, and this is funny that you brought this up because I was talking to you know, my guy, Now I say, you know, that just reminded me, I want to start a not-for-profit, you know, and it's like, in San Francisco, they have it, it's it's a girls in tech, it's a not-for-profit, it's a group that collaborates and fosters relationships with females to grow within the tech field, because it's so tiny, so it's a small female field, so here in Hawaii, there's it's sad because you know I've been to Django, Django's a computer language, and Python's a computer language. I've been to their networking events, and yes, there are I would say eighty to ninety percent more men, and maybe ten percent. You know, like there would be X amount of girls, and it's always the same girls, and it's so sad to me. And here's the strange part: that I went to a Django girls networking of that girls only and there was a bunch of girls there you know so that to be mm. told me that they're just underrepresented and I feel like if there's some sort of collaboration sort of group out here that helps foster that even for the young girls as they're growing up here in Hawaii you know what I mean Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I would love to I, I, I feel like that's my calling I feel like I need to create something that's going to help these young girls really be a huge player in the tech field especially here in Hawaii I mean they're not exactly known for their tech but we have people here that are just as good they just need to be motivated and they need to have the resources that they I mean they just need all of that I know that they probably don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's, 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 Hawaii is a very very hard unless you're really making good money you know it's really hard to get the things that We're so used to having San Francisco, you know, like you'll see a max everywhere in a coffee shop and not necessarily here. So they definitely would need more resources. I'm just thinking about it right now and I'm thinking, I'm making a list and I'm like, okay, I need to really do this. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love to start something like that. So, am I training anybody to answer your question? No, not right now. Yeah, you've got a a few other things going on, it
0: sounds like. Yeah, and I would say if anyone listening has ideas to help Sharon on how to get that idea moving or wants to reach out, those stuff sounds like a would be a cool thing to reach out about. (laughs) I love this idea, yeah. And when you say that, like, women are, they might go out to an event just when it's, you know, women only. Well, that's interesting, too, that, like, for whatever reason, when it's, Everyone included that fewer women show up, it sounds like, but when it, when women know it's just for them, then they do show up.
1: And I think a lot of it, well, no, I shouldn't say a lot, but perhaps it's due to these regular events being, there being so many men that maybe some of these girls don't feel, not necessarily intimidated, but maybe they don't feel comfortable. I mean, sometimes some of these computer guys, not, these guys in these networking events because I've met them all. And they're really nice guys, but you know, you get one or two who are kind of mean and I can see why a girl would not want to go because she's not feeling the best about her skills. So I know I totally get it. Cause I get like that sometimes I, I think, Oh my goodness. Maybe I don't know enough about this language you know, but I'm at that point where I just don't care and, you know, what? no, I don't know a lot about language and that's why I'm here to learn more so someone like you who knows more can teach me. Yeah. 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 I love that. I, I love that. I think there's a lot of girls, especially young girls who have that strong voice and I'd love to be a voice for them.
0: Yeah. Yes. I love that too because I think that's that's, you've hit upon what the what is a defining factor too. Is that if people don't feel comfortable or are not self confident enough, then sometimes they hold back when yeah. when they may very well know the answer and they may very well have something and do have something totally valuable to bring to a conversation, but they're just intimidated in some way. Cool. Well, do you want to jump into, cause I think that with your idea it ties really nicely into the last couple of questions. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for being on. Like, I, I'm just so inspired by everything that you're doing and that we have a lot of folks on the show or I have a lot of folks on the show that are really what we call multi-passionates. Like, they see all of these different things in their life and they, and they start going after them. So I, I love that you're embracing all of the sides of you. It's exciting.
1: I think you. I think in order to do that, there has to be a point where you know you have to talk to yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm scared, <laughs> but I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <wow. laughs>
0: if somebody wanted to find you, where would they find you on the web? Or if they wanted to partner up with your design firm, how would they get in touch with you?
1: So the best way to get in touch with my, my website right now, I know is this is what's the mommy part. Yes, I build websites, but Mine is not even, re- I just have a coming soon page because I haven't had a chance to build it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, that's so ironic. But they can reach me on LinkedIn. We share an app there. Just search me up and they can find me there. And uh, There's also Facebook. I can send over my portfolio as well. So, yeah, I would say LinkedIn, though, is probably the best bet. Cool. I will link that up too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's jump to
0: the last couple questions. Yeah. If someone listening has a big dream about how they could make a change in the world, what advice would you
1: give to them about
0: bringing their dream into action?
1: So, okay. That's a really great question. And this is coming from my experience. What I would suggest is have the dream, but find out why you really want to do this dream. Is this something that your soul is saying you need to do is this your true calling it's something that you must do you have to do because if it's just something that okay well I can do it I I guess I can do it versus oh I have to do this being the former you'll get to a certain point and you're going to quit so you're going to have to really 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 believe in that dream and yourself and then research 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 the areas that's this dream is going to affect I'm a huge believer in research know who you're going to help how much you can give them yeah, just research and then and then just execute don't even think about it once you get all of that just go for it just go for it I mean, you don't have to know everything right then and there just know I need to do this it's really hard to explain I wish I could <laughs> you just know when to start I mean, the whole point is I guess what I'm saying is you don't need to know everything right now. All you need to know is that this is what you need to do. This is who you want to reach out to. This is who you want to help. Because I feel like when it's coming from a place where you do want to help a certain audience, it makes it easier to do it. I mean, I don't know. If, does that make sense to you? Oh, so, yeah. 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 So, like, with my business, you know, I don't see it as, a, okay, great. this is I can make a, a ton of money doing this. I don't see it like that. I mean, that never even entered my head. All I thought was, okay, I know I have an eye for it. I love to do it. And I know people don't know how. So how can I help them fulfill their dreams in launching their business or creating a blog? They all have their dreams. So how can I help them make their dreams come true? And then, you know, everything else follows after that. Yeah, and I think it's so great because lots of times if you spend
0: too much time, like, creating too much of the plan, then you really, I mean, you don't know enough even in the beginning to get too far with the plan. So, like, things
1: change as you, and it all morphs as you go. So, yeah, I think there's
0: so much wisdom in that. Yeah,
1: you don't need to know everything. Know that there will be that changes. Prepare for that. (laughs) You're going to fail. You're so going to fail. You know, you can be humbled a few times. But... Learn from it. Don't get disheartened. <laughs> Definitely learn from it. And then just keep on going. Just keep on moving forward and try different avenues. Because that's the whole point behind the family is that, you know, there's different avenues. There's more than one way into a house. So <laughs> mm, I like that. I mean, and I love your answer. So thank you. <laughs> and last and most
0: joyfully, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life? in the world, or in other people's lives?
1: So what I do is, and it's so simple, but I say hi to everyone. I say hi, and I smile, and I compliment. And it's not a forced compliment either. It's not like, oh, that, your hair looks great, even though it doesn't. You know, it's not like I wouldn't do that. (laughs) But I make a point at seeing the best in people and acknowledging that, you know, a simple hi- Or, you know, that color looks great with your complexion. And you can tell. You can usually tell when they've made an effort and they feel like, okay, or not feel, but you can tell when someone's made an effort. And so I usually compliment them on that. So something as simple as that goes a long way because you really don't know what's going on in someone's life. And, you know, simple acknowledgement of them as a human being and their connection to the world goes a long way, I think. I would like to think I could be completely wrong, <laughs> but I think it matters. Another way would be uh, to reach out to strangers. It's great to, it, I guess it goes back into the whole staying high thing, but this one is a little bit more in depth where you actually go out and you don't need to know the person around you. I mean, it's great to be with friends, but let go out on your own and truly learn what what makes certain people tick, you know, what makes them do the things they do, what's their pet peeve, start a conversation. And more often than not, you'll learn so much about them and about you and whatever dream that you're trying to get off the ground, it might help spark it. I've run into so many people out here in Hawaii with so many different interests. And it's so interesting that Helps me see things differently in my business because I think, okay, if I had a client like that, how would I best approach them? What sort of artwork would I produce for them? It's an audience thing, right? So reach out to strangers, complete strangers. Businesses is just so many different ways. <laughs> you know, when you're just doing things automatically and you just don't, you really don't think about it, you know, be a part of your community, you know, and see what's going on and help. Everyone is part of the community. Do your part in helping it, fostering it to grow into what you dream it should be. I mean, people are always saying, oh, it'd be great to have a community where everyone's sharing things, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out. If that's something that you truly believe in, be part of the community. Help do things to make that happen. And I guess the fourth one would be I know you said three. I'm like, wait, I have another one. Another one, what I like to do is to, it's on my Facebook page, but I love to post some really positive messages and just share them with my family, with my friends. Because you don't know what they're going through and you don't know if the message is going to hit home, you know, and let them know that things are going to be okay because they they usually do turn out okay. So that's one way that I reach out and let everyone know it's okay and everything's going to be great. My friends tell me sometimes I'm falsely optimistic about things or not falsely, but overly optimistic. But I think what you think is reality. I really do. And I'd rather be in that sort of frame of mind because that really does help getting your dreams, getting your goals done. It really does versus you having an ER mentality where you're a victim and you know you're not feeling encouraged about stuff. So yeah, I'd rather be overly optimistic. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. It's, just,
0: it's a real joy to reconnect and get to, get to hear more about your life. Likewise. Sharon, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. It's really so inspiring. If you want to check out the show notes and get that link over at LinkedIn for Sharon if you want to reach out and you know, have her work with you on design work or something else, just head over to the website, jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 45, and all the show notes will be right there. Also on the website, just off the homepage at jumpstartyourjoy.com, you can register and RSVP for that workshop tomorrow, July 6th, 2016. About eight great reasons to start a podcast. And I will also plug that the Jumpstart Your Podcast class starts july 14th if you're interested also over at jumpstart your podcast or jumpstartyourjoy.com that's a six-week boot camp to get you up and running in a podcast so thank you guys so much for joining in today i hope that you'll come on back next week for another exciting interview and until then i hope that your days are filled with so much joy